Hi, I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. All right, we were just laughing and chatting and now I'm going hot into a intro here, but... I have Vanessa with me who is not, you know what? We have a new Vanessa. Hello. I yes. hope that <laughs> listeners can open up their heart. A new, another Vanessa who, funnily enough, we were introduced by uh, Vanessa Hardy. But today I am joined with Vanessa, who is a psychic tarot reader and the host of her seasonal podcast, The Aquarian. So we are talking about meditation today, which, yeah. you know, it's one of those things, it's funny, I had been thinking for a while when you reached out that I was like, oh, I have to do an episode on meditation. Like, you know, it's like funny sometimes that's like basics that you're like, oh, right, like we should talk about this. But I kept being stuck with this conundrum of like, people I think don't listen about meditation because they like know they should do it. That I was so glad when you emailed me and someone who was like passionate about it was really clear about how it had helped you. Like you've made a programmer. I was like, yes, this is my meditation person and this is who I want to talk to about it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Vanessa. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm really excited. You're right. Meditation is hard to talk about because it's an experience over, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously a conversation. But it is one that I think, you know, if you've, especially if you've gone through either trauma or if you've gone through, you know, just adversities in general, or you suffer from anxiety or just stuff that I think everybody kind of suffers from as a population, this, it actually really does help you. And it helps you kind of calm everything down in your body and in your system and kind of work through a lot of things that you've gone through. So it's not just something you should do just as like, you know, eat your vegetables. It's something (laughs) that actually like really helps sort of take you to another place in your life that's more peaceful than you probably could have imagined. I mean, honestly, couldn't have said it better myself. And it never would have because the clarity you had with that is like, yes. So I used to try to meditate and I would just cry. I would have these like really Mm. crazy experiences or just, they weren't that crazy. They were very overwhelming. And I was already in therapy at that point. And I was briefly dated a dude who was super into meditating, would like take a break every day and meditate. And he was like, I can't believe you don't meditate. Like, you know, you're into all these various things. I can't believe you don't meditate. And I was like, I just have never been able to do it. It doesn't work. You know, like I just end up crying or I have these big experiences and I don't, it it doesn't make me really want to try it again, you know, and all this stuff. And it wasn't until I finally, I think, downloaded Headspace Mm. and did their, I think it's either a week or 10 days, I can't remember, their little intro, you know, like introduction to meditation. And it changed everything for me. And I agree that it wasn't just, when I got over the like, oh, it's just something I should be doing, you know, like eating my vegetables, drinking water, you know, like when I got over this idea of like, it was good for me, or I just need to do it because it's good for me. But I actually was able to like, it clicked into place as to like what it could do or the space it could create for me or things like that. Yeah. Was like unbelievable. And I appreciated you said to me in emailing that you would like, 
sort of spent like eight years trying oh, yeah. to figure it out or trying yeah. to, I, I guess, build a meditative practice or whatever. Yeah. And I felt really similarly. I don't know how many years I tried, but probably I would say at least like five, you know, like similar where I would like, I would go to the Buddhist temple. I would like go to these various things. And I just, I would either feel like I was crawling out of my skin. I would, you know, and I think some of that was trauma. You know, like if you have trauma unresolved, I mean, if you have trauma, are you a person? Then you have trauma. But I think sometimes it can be so uncomfortable to sit with yourself. Absolutely. And that is something that I don't think people explain. It can take a little bit, you know, to to work out the mechanics. I also think a lot of meditation instructors talk about it as if you should just get it, you know, like... That it should, yeah. you should just be able to sit. And if you're not, you're being a baby or something, you know, like yeah. you're really in your human experience or something. And it's like, no, there can be reasons why this is difficult. There's reasons. Like my own therapist told me, I think it was, I might get this wrong, but that if you do have CPTSD, trauma, things like that, that it's almost impossible not to do guided meditations just because of how unsafe it can feel, you know, and stuff. And so... I do think it's interesting. There is this like direct correlation of like meditation can be difficult because of these reasons. And it also can really help you because of these reasons that it's like, I feel like we need people like yourself who have knowledge around that, creating more of these programs, talking more about it. Because I know so many people who have had negative experiences and have no clue why, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a good saying that sometimes the healing hurts more than the wound. Mm. Yeah, it's like you get hit by a car, right? Like, let's say you by, never, I don't want anybody to get hit by a car. Yeah. But if you get hit by a car, in that instance, you actually aren't in pain. You're in shock, right? Yeah. And when you get to the hospital, the pain isn't actually from the impact. The most of the pain that you experience for the next six months to a year to however long it takes for you to heal is your bones healing. Mm-hmm. That's what's throbbing. Right. Yeah. So when you cry, I mean, I just did pranayama. I've been doing pranayama meditation, which is breath work. Mm-hmm. And I just started doing it recently. I started crying the very first time I did it. And I did started like a week ago. When you've experienced trauma, and that's not everybody, obviously. I don't think meditation is just for people who've experienced trauma. But if you're experiencing meditation as something that really hurts, it's because there's just so much underneath there that you're not accepting about yourself, that you don't know you're saying to yourself. You don't know that you're beating yourself up every day. You don't know that you're holding on to a million things. You don't know that you're holding on to uh, things that you you miss. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. things that we kind of hold as human beings and meditation. You know, when you cry, you are releasing something. Yeah. Like there's the salt in your body, right? You're, it's this kind of the same thing. Meditation is is sort of allowing your mind to release certain things. I don't remember where I read this, so I'm sorry if this, <laughs> I can't quote it directly, but I read somewhere that it's kind of like every time you meditate, it's sort of like stripping the bottom layer of something where it's all rotted and molding. And you don't know what that layer is because it's so compact. It's so like dinosaur extincted stuff yeah. that like you can't even really make out what it is. So you just kind of have to trust the process. But it's also like, imagine, you know, you're working out for the first time. Your body is going to be in a lot of pain. You probably won't be able to work out again for another three days because your muscles are so in shock. So we can't judge it by the pain. We really have to judge it by what other people have said they've experienced from doing it for a long period of time. And we have to trust that. So I'm not going to bring up a bunch of sayings, I promise, but like (laughs) the, uh, it's more, it's about the journey and not the destination kind of thing. And I know that can feel really like, you know, roll your eyes. But if you think about it, like, 
If you're driving from New York to Los Angeles, and especially in 2023, that'll happen, right? There's no, like, uh, <laughs> robbers that are going to get into your carriage and get, you know, there's no, yeah. like, you know, issues of, of past that are, are going to keep you from getting to Los Angeles, right? So if that's the destination, we know we're going to get there. So really what you're doing, because you want to drive, is that you want to enjoy the drive, right? right? You want to stop off at different places or you want to, you know, see different terrain or different geography before you get to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is just the end. So that's kind of the point is you have to get through that part and then you start seeing the benefits of what you're doing. And it takes time. It will not take you eight years if, or five years if you have a better mindset around it or if you kind of understand it a little bit better. Yeah. It will take a little bit of time though. So that is the commitment of it. Just It's just like working out or it's just like driving to Los Angeles. It's going to take time. But yeah. it, you kind of got to let that happen. You got to just sort of accept it. Yeah. Something that really helped me as well as when someone said it'd be better for you to do this every day for five minutes than once in a while for half an hour. Yes. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I thought in order to be meditating or a good meditator or something, that it had to be 10, 20, 30 minutes. And when I started at like, okay, let me go for consistency versus duration, that also changed my practice and made it a lot easier. And like, now I don't meditate as much, but I used to meditate about two hours a day, like, you know, like an hour in the morning, an hour at night, you know, mostly just honestly because of of doing intuitive work that I just Mm -hmm. needed to in order both to be that clear on what was me and then at the end of the, the day to call me back to myself, you know? So I think I've gotten stronger just with the own boundary. You know, I don't need as much as of that. But let me tell you, like when I used to say to people like, oh, I meditate two hours a day. And they were like, holy shit. And I was like, it took me years. It took long me time. literally it takes a long time. years. And I do yeah. this also to be sane. Like it's yeah. not, I am not trying to be like, I meditate for two hours. Like I'm not trying to win, <laughs> you know, like the meditation Olympics here. Call me up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is, you know, more like I've gone, you know, like I love an extreme and now I've gone to this extreme, you know, like it feels good. Like it really, you know, like helps me. But I do feel like once I got plugged into Headspace, like, you know, really the big thing for me, and I'd be curious what the big thing that allowed you to approach it differently was when I was doing the Headspace thing. And the the very nice British man says, I mean, honestly, too, like a British accent helps, you know, like, I don't know if I'm just slutty for that or my own brain waves like it. I do think a voice matters if you're going to do guided and listening to someone. I do think, you know, like, if you cannot stand the voice you're listening to, you're not going to get into it. So do find, you know, voices that you like. But when he said, think of yourself as sitting on a bench watching traffic go by And now think of those like as your thoughts. And the whole point right now is not to stop it, is not to stop the cars going by, not to stop the thoughts, but to just not attach to them, to not try to stop them or move them or make them turn right or left or whatever, you know, like it is just literally to witness them. And I think it was meditation that first really helped me understand what witnessing was Mm -hmm. like in a big way. And as someone who had always been told I was like too sensitive and not to take things personally. And when people are like, don't take it personal. And you're like, but it's happening to me. (laughs) It is personally affecting me, you know? I'm being attacked multiple from multiple (laughs) locations. You are attacking me, (laughs) you know? And it was meditation that helped me be like, oh, I get it. I I get this space we can have. I get this ability that is... Not saying like I've mastered or whatever, but I was like, 
oh, it showed me a possibility in terms mm-hmm. of, a, I think, mental freedom that I don't mm-hmm. know that I had experienced up until that point, you know, that I was like, oh, like, so often I just felt like I was faking it. I was essentially just sort of being like, I will tell myself not to think about this knowing full well I am going to obsess about it, you know? Like, yeah. it really started helping me be able to identify certain things or like, I don't think I really understood like rumination until that point, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, word, yeah. certain things I was like, oh, this is what this is. Like, this is what, you know, like I tell myself I'm looking for a solution or I'm trying to figure it out or whatever. I'm ruminating. No, yeah, absolutely. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to get the answer. You're not going to, that's what you're saying also just to sort of translate a little bit. When you're talking about getting attached to a thought, for anybody who may still be going like, what does that mean? Mm. It means that when you have a thought come up out of nowhere in your everyday life, a lot of times you will chase that thought, which means you will go down a rabbit hole trying to figure something out. So what's, when, you know, one of the things that we all think about is love, right? So maybe you have somebody come up in your mind that you're hurting over or you miss or you wish things were different. And instead of just being like, oh, that would have been nice and letting it go, you start going down this massive rabbit hole thinking about all the things you did, all the cringe moments, all the ways that person <laughs> hurt you. You go into their Instagram account, you start swiping through all their stuff. That's what the issue is when you're med- meditating and that person comes up into your mind, you're, I mean, if it's your first time meditating, you're probably going to start what you said, ruminating, going down a rabbit hole with it. What, What meditation is asking you to do is once you recognize you're doing that, just have like a shock moment of like, oh, not right now. Yeah. Like maybe when I'm done meditating, I'll go down a a hole because that's the thing. It's like, it takes a while for your mind to stop doing that. But the point is, is for this five minutes, you don't. For this Five minutes. Yeah. And so that is like the small exercises you do. And naturally, your mind starts to follow over time. Just like I said with working out, if you go onto a, a cardiovascular machine and you only run for five minutes, it may not seem like a big difference. But when you're walking up the steps from the subway and you're not nearly as winded, it starts to show the effect. Yeah. I tell my boyfriend all the time because I have to push him to stretch himself <laughs> or stretch his body out yeah. because he just overworks himself and he hates you know, taking care of himself in that way. And I'm like, no, you got to stretch. And then, so he'll try to overextend the stretch thinking that his body is going to feel better that night. And I'm like, stretching is not for today, it's for tomorrow. You stretch right now so that when you wake up tomorrow, it feels different. You're not going to stretch it and then all of a sudden it's released. That's not the point. The point is is that today we do it so that tomorrow you feel better. It's the same with meditation. You may still ruminate right after that, but give it a couple of days and you're going to find yourself kind of looking around being like, huh, why didn't I think about that today? Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like kind of shows up in your life after you've done it, you know, even for like a week, you'll start start to see a pretty big difference. I 100% agree with you that I was amazed, even when I get back to my own consistent practice, like three days on and I feel a difference, you know, like I'm like, oh yeah, I do feel more peaceful. I do feel, you know, I find sometimes the people who would benefit the most from meditation are also the most resistant. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I agree. (laughs) What do you think that's about? I hadn't really thought about how much meditation's about attachment and really like looking at what you're attached to, whether it's like 
ways of thinking, topics of that you're thinking, all of that sort of stuff. And sometimes the people really resistant, you know, it bums me out how much like anxiety has become a part of per- people's like identities and personalities because it's like, don't give anxiety that credit, girl. You know, like- I know. It's not you. It's not who you are. It's something you're suffering from. Yeah, I 100% agree. I find sometimes people who struggle with anxiety and in a big way that it does impact their life, it is, you know, very for real in terms of what they are experiencing and things like that, you know, and and limiting, I think, their life and stuff like that. I'm like, please meditate, please, for the love of God. But I do think that it's scary. I mean, it's like anything when we want to change or, or evolve or something, it's sometimes just so scary to like imagine a different way. Do you think that it's easier sometimes for people to be attached to like where they're at, you know, versus attaching to a new way, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, I think I mean I think that's a general quality of us because we we seek security, you know? We seek yeah. um if you want I know Vanessa Hardy talks about astrology, so I'm sure you guys know a little bit about astrology. So like think about your fourth house, you know, like this is where you feel personally secure and your home, right? Like the idea that you have to completely pick up and move everything out of your home into a new home that you're not sure you're going to mm-hmm. like and you're not sure if it's going to have all the things you want in it, even if your own home is, is shitty, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. You at least know this home. The other issue, well, there's two. So people think that if they think a lot or if they are, I mean, because not all thinking is rumination, right? It's, it's yeah. the idea you have control. So, you know, you think and you think and you think and, and you imagine every case scenario and then you imagine everything that's going to go wrong. And most of the time people don't imagine the things that are going to go right. They just imagine the things that are going to go yeah. wrong as if, as if um, you know, imagining the things that are going to go right is just going to completely devastate you if they don't go that way. And that's the thing. It's like kind of setting yourself up for constant anxiety because it's like, well, I'm going to be very upset if it doesn't go the right way. So I have to just completely concentrate on all the wrong ways it's going to go. Mm. Like in our modern society, there is so much we're inundated with. Yeah. And there's so much responsibility that we have that we're so afraid that if we meditate, we become lazy or we become, our minds oh. become, yeah. Or like we can't, we're not going to be able to control things because we're too relaxed or we're too chilled out. Like I have too much to do. I have to keep on top of this. I have a mm. schedule. I have this. I have that. And it's like, that's that's not what meditation does at all. It's kind of like, yeah. going, I always, you know, equate meditation to exercise because it's just the thing that most people can like kind of click with. It's like saying, oh, well, I can't exercise because, you know, I have just way too many things to do. And it's like, well, you realize exercise will actually probably help you feel a little bit easier with everything you got to do. It'll actually boost your energy so you can get more stuff done. Oh, well, that doesn't matter because that's not what they're thinking. What they're thinking, what the problem is, is that, when people believe the idea of meditation is I lose my thoughts. Mm. I am not supposed to think at all. That is completely untrue. And actually, I want to go back to something you said earlier that I really appreciated and I want to make sure everybody hears it. When you said, because you meditated for two hours, was to make sure that you know who's in your mind, right? You know Mm -hmm. who you are. That's the issue. It's not that your thoughts go away after you meditate. It's that thousands of thoughts that don't matter go away. Thousands of conversations in your mind that are not you, that are not attributed to anything that are going on in your life. Things that you don't even know you're thinking. You you, you have your mom yelling at you. You have your dad (laughs) neglecting you. You have, you know, you have uh, uh, your friends or your exes or whatever talking to you in these negative ways. You get gaslighting going on. How many people I know that are so intelligent and think a mile a minute that couldn't tell if anybody's gaslighting them? Countless. 
Like how many people? Yeah. I'm just like, how are you this intelligent? But it's because there's a massive fear among most of us. I don't know, maybe it's now, maybe, maybe it's generational, I'm not sure. But there's like this massive fear that I have to kind of self-abandon all of the time. I have to give myself up all of the time. Otherwise, I'm not going to get what I want. I'm not going to get a, a significant other. I'm not going to get the job that I want. I'm not going to, if I don't, um, you know, work 80 plus hours yeah. a week, if I don't, you know, do everything that the other person tells me or believe everything the other person says to me. So you actually gain more power when you meditate because you can stand in who you are better. So if somebody is even, not even gaslighting you, let's just say you're having an argument with somebody and you both disagree. Do you know how many people have such an issue with disagreements. It's so crazy. It's like, we can agree to disagree. It's okay. Yeah. But there's such an overwhelming need to control the situation or an overwhelming need to abandon the situation that you don't even know. You, you can't even tell who's right or who's wrong. You One person walks away with cringe. The other person walks away feeling like completely vindicated. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you can't even stand in your own truth and say, you know, like, listen, I, I hear you. I know who I am. I know what I need. I know what my life is about. And maybe this is just not a topic we can talk about, and that's fine. I mean, down to, like, little ways of, like, how you'd schedule yourself, people will argue with you about. And it's just oh. like, yo, I do my own thing. Like, it's okay. And then it also gives you the flexibility of mind to accept when you're wrong, to accept when yeah. things need to change, to accept that certain a lot of people need, need to accept that certain things from their past had nothing to do with them. Yeah. Nothing. So meditation does that for you. Over time, it gives you the room to stop labeling yourself things that you don't even know you're labeling yourself, and it compounds the already, already present anxiety that's happening in your life. Like, I remember when I had this huge breakthrough about my parents. I grew up in a pretty, I mean, it was really great in some, in a lot of ways. And in other ways, it was really traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize, I tell this to people a lot who deal with people who have, have CPTSD, because that's what I suffered mm -hmm. from. I don't, I don't get nearly as triggered as I was before. So I don't know if CPTSD completely goes away, but I feel very lifted from it. It doesn't feel like it's a part of my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And I try to help people who are, you know, dating people who are in, you know, deal with trauma because that's when you get really intimate with somebody. And a lot of times they have a very, the person with CPTSD or borderline or whatever, you know, not to diagnose anyone, but if you are diagnosed yeah. or if you just are having these, you know, kind of outbursts or triggers I guess we would say maybe mental conditions that are maybe yes. more prone to like outbursts maybe or yes. or a big yeah. reaction, big feelings type things. Yeah. Exactly. So these big feelings I had, I could never say I was wrong because Interesting. if I'm wrong now, then does that mean I'm wrong about how I felt and how I feel about my past? Vanessa, that's fascinating because... Have you ever experienced with with a therapist when it's like they're leading you somewhere and you're and you're and you're not getting it, you know? And then finally you're like, oh, oh. like this, <laughs> you know, because I'm prone to self-abandonment. I definitely have to catch myself feeling the fear that if I don't self-abandon, then something bad's gonna happen, all of this stuff. And my therapist used to talk about the knowing, you know, and it would sound very like mythological, almost like the knowing, you know? And I would be like, you know, so often in therapy, I bring her like a real life example. You know, I'll be like, I like, I didn't want to go out to dinner. This friend wanted to go out to dinner. They would not stop trying to get me to go out to dinner. I got really annoyed. Like, what do I do in the future with that? And, you know, and she would just be like, disengage. 
like stop oh, responding. Yeah, honey, yes. You know, like what I, and I'm like, but that's rude. <laughs> and I say that and now. She, you know, and she's like, no, you're just from the South, you know, like you Me know, too. But she Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> but it would, would be so funny, like the way she would be like, Well, first of all, you need to connect to the knowing. You need to connect to your knowing inside that you do not want to go out tonight. And that is okay. Number one, you know. And then you just need to be firm and be like, I really appreciate that you want to go out tonight. I'm not available for it. I'll talk to you later or whatever, whatevs, you know, hope you find someone who does want to go out to dinner, you know, and release yourself. But she kept like all these examples, she kept essentially being like, you have to connect to the knowing, you know, and that's what you're talking about. That if you can really deeply connect to yourself in a way, it connects you to your power. It connects you to your innate power that like nothing can take away from you. Nothing can diminish or whatever. And it's interesting what you said about you like couldn't admit when you were wrong because I started to notice like the more I sort of, I think, accepted myself and meditation did play a huge role in that, that I did feel this real shift with my confidence. And I did feel this sense of like, I didn't give a shit. I didn't need to argue as much. I didn't need to, because I was just like, they're going to do them. I was so much (laughs) clearer about boundaries, I think, Mm -hmm. of, of like where I end and someone else begins and like, you know, and it made me a lot more aware of my own control stuff of like, where did I find that I wanted to overstep to control or where did that really flare or where did the fear of being out of control, like so much of that stuff, meditation without being like heavy handed was like, oh, you want to learn more about that? Let us, let us show you, you know? Yeah. I get asked a lot and I'm sure you do as someone who is psychic, tarot reader, you know, and your pod is about a lot of these topics and things like that. How to connect to your intuition, how to be more intuitive. And one of the first things I even, I say is meditation. Meditation. If it's not the only thing, like what else? I mean, like, no, but it's, it's pretty much 90% of it is meditation. Like, yeah. I agree. I will, I think meditation and therapy, like, yeah. I think, like, you know, I always tell people, like, in order to really be connected to your intuition, like, you need to know all the voices talking to you, you know, like, yeah. you need who's you, who's, who's, uh, you know, the intuitive voice is you, yeah, right? Like, it is you. So if you can't hear you, then yeah. you can't hear your intuitive voice. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious, like, what you think about, like, why is that? What is the relationship between meditation and psychic gifts or intuition? Because I think most people would really like to, you know, increase those things. Absolutely. I will tell you the number one reason. It is because intuition happens in your body. It doesn't happen in your mind. Oh. It's your body. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Exactly. Meditation, a lot of people mistake meditation for being lightheaded or, you know, you're, you're rising out of your body. That's dissociation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what that is. You're dissociating. That is when you've gone a little bit too far. You're trying to get extra credit and go exactly. cruising. <laughs> you know, if you, if you meet somebody who's like that, that's a person who probably is fixated on becoming some kind of god or some kind of guru or something like that. Yeah. And it's somebody who has an agenda mm. over, you know, yeah, opening themselves up to reality, right? You yeah. control reality. That's the scary part about all of this. All you can do, this is chaos, right? Everything is chaos. You can, <laughs> you know, I, I, if you want to manifest, you have to, you have to meditate. But I know people who are incredible manifestors and they are literally the walking definition of be careful what you wish for, <laughs> right? So like, I mean, everything is sold to us as control. Everything is sold mm, to us as control. It's true. Right? And everything is sold as 
egoless, even though it's ego. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say like, or formulas, but what is a formula but a way of thinking you are like methodically controlling? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, spell work might be methodical, right? Things yeah. like that, but that's crafting something, you know? Yes. Intention, like you have an objective, right? But with meditation, your objective is to get in your body. Like that that's what the phrase as above, so below means. You can only grow as high as your roots are deep. If a tr- they have this um, experiment, I'm gonna say in Spain, I'm, I might be totally making this up, but they put tree, <laughs> they planted trees in this um, closed area, right? And they were testing for something. And these trees grew, grew, grew. And all of a sudden, they noticed they started falling over, mm. right? And they're like, why are these trees falling over? That makes no—what's going on? And they realized that wind actually is what keeps trees standing up straight. Because the more wind happens to them, the more their roots oh. push down further into the ground so they can get higher and higher. Because otherwise, you fall straight over. Yeah. So that's the same with meditation. If you want to increase your psychic awareness, that's a muscle. It's it's not you, you just like, you know, some singers are natural, right? There are plenty of singers that at one point didn't feel like they could sing at all because they just practiced it, right? So the whole point is to get yourself comfortable in your body and that's where all of those negative emotions happen. Thoughts come from the third chakra. That's your stomach. Mm. You know, they, it just seems like it's up here, right? Because we know that our brain is here. Our brain is, you know, it has its own circuitry. It's doing its own thing. It's definitely compounded by the amount of thoughts that are completely excessive. And and like, it's like almost like fat thoughts up in here. It's like, they don't matter. Like these things literally don't matter, but the body is what's experiencing psychic work. That's the body. So when I get um, clairsentience, right? When I feel something, Mm -hmm. it's not in my mind. It's in my heart, right? Or if my gut is what tells me, you know, like clear cognizance, I know something. It doesn't happen in my mind. It happens in my gut. Yeah. Clear audience. It's all the, that's uh, when you hear something. That's yep. in your ears. That's not in your mind. You literally have to clear your mind so that you can interpret these waves that are coming to you without the thoughts that analyze them. Thoughts yeah. that analyze them start to dilute them. Right. And yes. so then it becomes either right. Like, so you either then have to, you know, start to like question it yep. before you say yes. it, or you start making it into a lesson because now you have to like kind of control it. And now I've got to teach you something. And it's like, no, I don't have to do either one of those. I'm just giving you a message. That has nothing to do with me. I am feeling so red to filth. <laughs> That, I think, was so much of, like, my early tarot reading days, like, before I really— one, before I was a professional, and two, when I was, like, starting to learn these things, see these things, and, like, I went to Delphi and did their in-depth channeling program, and, like, as part as your sort of final test, in a way— um, they have locals just come in and you and you read mm-hmm. for them and you just channel. You there's yeah. no cards, there's no nothing. You literally channel, and they can only either say like yes, tell me more, or like no, like yeah. they, they can't really give you any information. And you're right, everything that came through to me was was very physical, and it was the most valuable lesson I got in this work in the sense of to not question and to realize that where I would fuck up wasn't with trusting what came through to me. If I trusted what came through to me, I generally was accurate and correct. I was, or I was in the neighborhood, you know? Mm -hmm. If I interpreted, if I read it through my brain, that is where I messed up. And like, I really stuck with that. And it was like interesting when we, some of us had read for the same people and we were swapping notes and like, you know, one girl was, or one woman was sort of laughing about like, 
she was go- trying to figure out something with this guy's career. And she's like, I just kind of was going on and on. She's like, he's, he's fucking unemployed. Like I was completely wrong. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Because when I felt into that, it was just like, Burr. there was like the absence of anything. And yeah. so I just was kind of like, well, there's no energy there, you know? And like, I didn't make a big story or any narrative about, or, you know, like, you know, try to be a detective on the case. I just was like, there's no energy there for this person at this time, yeah. you know, or or whatever. And it was fascinating to me. And that's something I see a lot. And when I used to teach tarot, what channeling gives you over just reading the cards is more insight, but it is on us to not interpret it and just offer it and trust that the person it's for, they will be able to figure it out. You know, I hadn't thought about how much it relates to control and things like that. I mean, I do think if you're a reader, there's a pressure, like you want to give people things in a very tidy way. You want them to be able to integrate them, you know, like I don't think always like the poor interpretations or whatever are malicious or ego or whatever. I think sometimes it is people trying to do a good job and and people having an expectation that a psychic reading or things will be a lot clearer than it is. Like, it's a tricky thing. You know, that's part of why I don't do tons of like just straight up psychic readings because it's like peanuts, you know, like the, the color green is good for you. Like sometimes to me, it's two streams of consciousness. Like it just, it just doesn't work for me. And I don't know how much it allows people to integrate as well that mm. I'm a little like, but a friend of mine a hundred years ago, she said, you know, we think our brain is so smart, but it only has the gift of language. She's yeah. like, it's no smarter than our gut. It's no smarter than our heart. It's no smarter, you know, than any other part of our body or the wisdom we receive from all these different things. It literally just has language. And that was something as well that I think I took into Delphi that then was then solidified for me of like the brain only has language. That's the only advantage it has over anybody else. It isn't smarter. It isn't more wise. Like if anything, you do have to question, your brain is going to make things your brain has an agenda, I guess. You and you have to ask your yourself, yes. what is your brain's agenda? Is it to make it, you know, is it to make it black and white so that it appears more understandable? Is it you customer service? Is it, you know, like yeah. you, and I think like that can feel really threatening or is is if you're like implying you're not trustworthy or something. And it's like we all have these things going on. It's like you make yourself a stronger practitioner or your your intuition stronger or you make yourself more sure or more confident, I think. The more you ferret those things out, the clearer you get about that and go, okay, like I kind of have to get everybody's intel before I formulate a sentence, you know, or or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe because I don't know if it came naturally to you when you were a kid, were you were you already naturally kind of psychic and, and yeah. experienced it? Mm-hmm. So seeing was probably the hardest thing for me because I had a traumatizing childhood. You know, you it's hard for you to remember your childhood when that happens, or you know, yeah. I was afraid of dreaming. I had substance issues. I had, you know, mm-hmm. I I like we were saying before, it was just too scary for me. I was I was just yeah. too afraid that because the root of the issue is you say the word I all the time mm. because everything has to somehow revolve around you. But then the, the root of that I is I am bad. Me. I am yeah. I am a bad person. And so everything kind of stems from that. So when you start to interpret or you you make it about it has to go a good way, right? Like a lot of a lot of tarot readers and a lot of psychics, they'll get scared if it ends on a bad note. Yeah. That's not any of your business. 
whether it ends on a bad or a good note. That's not the agreement. Yeah, the, the, you you paid me to give you what you're looking for, and what in whatever way that I can do that. You know, if it if it's something that I think is best for tarot or astrology or psychic channeling or mediumship, it, it's based on your question, obviously. But it took me a long time to kind of realize meditation was giving me the ability to be wallpaper. Mm. You know, I, I'm not anybody. I'm not anyone. You know, when sometimes I'll meditate just to the, the traffic outside, just to feel like I'm a part of New York. There is no Vanessa. Mm. There's no one here, you know? So that's nice. You know, you get this sense of I am only a channel. I'm just a vessel. I am yeah. I'm literally just something that that you know can get poured into. So the the more I accept that, the way more messages and visions I get. I don't get peanuts. I don't get green. I literally see things. Like I literally see how someone dies. I literally, they will literally tell me what your problem is. You know, we can go into it more with tarot, I guess, but that's more like, I use tarot a lot if people are asking about love because it's just an easier, you know, form of channeling. If somebody asks me like, you know, my past lives or things like that, obviously I'm going to go into channeling. You know, it's, it's whatever modality Honestly, the modalities are what keeps your energy at a good level, right? Like channeling yeah. makes me tired. Same. So if I'm going to channel, yeah, if I'm going to channel, yeah. we're doing that only today, and I'm probably just doing two or three. If yeah. I do tarot, I'm not nearly as tired, so we can do six in a day, Yeah. you know, and I'll keep that on one day, right? So that's really why you switch modalities is to keep your energy at a good level. One thing that I want to give everybody about psychic third eye, it is strengthened by imagination. That is the number one way that is strengthened. Read fiction as much as you can. Watch movies. People are so complicated, intricate. People go through things that you wouldn't even have known was a thing you could go through. Like, there are just so many. Yeah, yeah like, it's true. You only really know your life, you know? And and you can't, wisdom is, is experience, right? Knowledge is statistics, whereas wisdom is experience. So as much as you can get yourself into experiences without being in them, will help you when you're reading people because your mind envisions it once, it's much easier for it to come back up. Yeah. So if you're reading a book and you're like going through somebody's life, that's just like so crazy. And you're like, I don't know if I'd ever, you know, I, oh, I remember one time I had two people I'd read for uh, mediumship. They're passed on loved one. And I almost, my mind almost got in the way, right? Because one person, her dad had said his whole life that he knew he was going to die. And I picked that up and I, I knew that was mm. what he's, he kept saying it over. And she was like, oh yeah, he, he had this thing in his head where he would constantly talk about the fact that he knew he was going to die just prematurely and like in an odd way. And he did, he died prematurely and in an odd way. I saw exactly how he died. I saw, so the second time that happened, I, for a second, was like, no, how many people know they're going to die? Like, how? And I almost didn't yeah. say it. And I finally was like, listen, I think he knew he was going to die. And she was like, oh, he did because his dad died of cancer. So he he had this thing where he knew he was going to die of the same cancer. And he did. Huh. So it was crazy. So it's your mind gets in the way because you don't have the experience. So the more you can cultivate that experience without putting yourself in that. Like, I'll read Humans of New York in order to broaden my mind about human yeah. experience. You know, there's just so many, many books, so many short stories are great. Um, so it's it's so much more play, right? I'm sure you, you, yeah, like it's playing around. You, 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 you know things so much easier when you can play with it. Yeah, I hadn't, you know, and do you think your meditation practice helps you not overly empathize? Because yes. I think people also shut a lot out that would benefit them because of a fear of over-empathizing or like, oh, like, you know, I know a lot of moms who can't watch anything if like anything happens to a kid or something like that. And like, 
I get that, but I'm also like, you can't just tell yourself as a movie. You know, I know it's hard for me to watch movies, but I can do it for a psychic channeling for some reason, but it is hard for me to watch it with a movie. Cause then I'm just like, I want to jump through the screen and like save the kid. But when it's channeling, it's not me. I'm not, I'm not there. Like I'm wallpaper. So it's not my responsibility. I think also with channeling as well, it's so I like true crime and it's something Mm. I don't fully understand about myself, but I'm like, whatevs, I like it. And I think it's cause it's like, it's happened. There's nothing for me to do. This horrible mm. thing has happened. I'm going to hear the story of it. It feels to me of I'm offering witnessing to the, mm. you know, or, or whatever. But um, it doesn't affect me. Like, I don't have bad dreams. I don't, you know, and I think some of it is just because of having those different energetic, you know, boundaries yeah. and things at play that it's like, you know, I wouldn't say every week for me doing tarot, like, it's not like every week I just hear people's like horror stories all day long or anything like that. Like it, c- it tends to go in waves. But in general, to be able to show up for people, like you you can't be in your feels. You know, yeah. I think that's something that, you know, if you do any kind of psychic work, like you learned, you have to sort of like take it as a given that you're like empathetic, that you're not judgmental. You have to like go into a session like, okay, these are the values I uphold and I go into this this way. And then like let her rip, you know, and like, and it's tricky. Like it is, it's not easy, but it's like, it's like you do have to, I guess, just sort of trust some of the safeguards you put in place. And because like, I really value creativity and I tend to do things like that as well of. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell, what's so funny is, is people don't realize they're psychic way more often than they realize. One of the main ways people are psychic way too much, which you're talking about like the lack of boundaries, mm-hmm. is mediumship. Oh. And it's not with dead people. <laughs> it's with living people. Like yeah. how many people let other people live inside of their bodies? There are so many people in abusive relationships that will completely transform themselves into the person that the other person wants them to be, or they will take on the entire emotional experience of the other person, and then they are trapped because their ego doesn't have enough strength to keep them together. And so it's it can be um, that self-abandoning yeah. experience, a martyrdom uh, experience. And we're taught, you know, if you want to, I think like cooperation, the idea of cooperation, we're naturally cooperative yeah. as, as a species. Like that's how we are. When people are like, oh, we'll descend into anarchy. We literally couldn't because none, <laughs> none of us can live individually. We would, we had to get people together to bring down a woolly mammoth. Like we yeah. have to cooperate, right? So, so you're, true. You're, right? You're, people are actually uh, allowed to be curmudgeons because we all cooperate, right? So that's, yeah. that's, the, that will never go away. The issue is, is that either you're brought up in a, real, in a family where one of the parents uh, is completely submissive to the other parent, and then also most likely communicated that that is the way to be because Christian society uh, says you are supposed to lay down your entire body, or, you know, probably the a lot of uh, religions kind of are, you know, you, you are God's person. You are not a, a human yeah. being. You shouldn't have your own expectations or needs or or um, you shouldn't push too hard. And especially for women, you know, because that's yeah. our role in society it, or, or where we're put in society is to support, right? So yeah. it's a hard thing for somebody to wrap their head around that they are allowing a situation when to them it's a situation that they're in. Now, I say that from personal experience because my mother let that happen yeah. to her. 
And so this is a lot of my healing was coming from, am I just an aggressive person? Am I, am I just a, a an angry person? Am I just, why am I, you know, not able to submit the way that, you know, I probably should, or maybe I'm not this, or maybe I'm not that. And it was because I'm just scared shitless of somebody completely controlling my life. Yeah. And completely taking me over. So if that's, and if anybody's listening who is having a hard time differentiating themselves from their partner, this is your sign to strengthen your ego. And a part of that is meditation, but another part of that is therapy. Yeah. That's because you're, you're getting to talk about you in a safe space, right? Yeah. But another beautiful way that people experience psychic, you know, that's a kind of a negative way, a beautiful way is through channeling, like what you're talking about. But it doesn't have to be through spirits or guides. It can be through music. It can be through dance. It can be through so many. You are just literally channeling from something greater or channeling um, an emotion and energy. People, you can channel energy through a smile. Yeah. You can change a room through a smile. You know, so it's, we have these abilities every single day. It's just that for some reason, not for some reason, it is pretty incredible when you have somebody, you know, communicate with a dead loved one. It is, but it is so powerful in all ways. You know, you don't have to limit it to psychic, intuitive, spiritual work. Yeah. You know, you as a person affect people every single day. I hugely agree with that because so much of anything psychic is both it's just energy and it's just like the senses. It's it's an intensification of those things in so many ways that it's like, it doesn't always have to be the like bombastic, like message from the beyond or whatever. It can just be being aware of that or being in flow or sharing that with others and things like that, that can be really powerful, can be really transformative. Even though you've been very gracious with your time, um, I don't want to keep you here all day because that would be very rude and speaking on boundaries. That would be very unboundaried of me. But I had asked you if you would take us through a little meditation today. So... Yeah. Do you mind if I preface it really quick with what the program is? Totally. So that people can understand. So I created something called a 30-day meditation journey. It used to be a challenge, but I was afraid that people would (laughs) be scared of the name challenge. So a 30-day meditation journey. And the reason I came up with it is because um, a friend of mine, I told her, you know, about meditation. And she's one of the people you're talking about who's really resistant. But she didn't have much tra- – I mean, she what sh- she wouldn't call it trauma from her past. Maybe we listening to it might consider it that. But she feels like a very whole person. So, you know, how everybody experiences yeah. it is different. So she doesn't have the same reasons why she would want to meditate. So anybody who's listening who's like, I don't really feel that way. Why would I want to meditate, right? I mean, obviously, it just always helps clear out the mind. And you'll think faster. You'll be able to um, react to things in a way that is better for you. You'll be able to get into better relationships. You'll have stronger friendships, like all those sorts of things. So one day, she comes up to me, and she's like, after many days of, I couldn't, I don't meditate. I couldn't meditate. I would never meditate. And she kept saying, I was like, cool, you can just let me know whenever you want to try and meditate. She was like, you can, I, nobody can get me to meditate. It's not going to happen. I was like, okay, great. One day she comes up to me and she was like, okay, so what, what would I do if I wanted to meditate? What would I do? <laughs> so <laughs> I like, say I was going so, to do it. So, say I was going to try. <laughs> what would I do? And I was like, okay, so what I want you to do is when you wake up in the morning, take your phone, put it on 60 second timer. And I want you to think the entire time. 60 seconds. You can look at it. You can think, Vanessa's an idiot for making me do this. Just 60 seconds. She was like, that's all I've got to do. It's like, yeah, 60 seconds. She goes, okay, fine. So we, I see her the next day. because She was my manager at the time, so we saw each other often. And 
she said, okay, I did it. And I was like, okay, great. Just keep doing it. And until you, you're ready to move on, you know, just keep doing it. And she was like, okay. She's like looking at me so <laughs> suspiciously. She's like, okay. And about three days later, she came up, she was like, okay, well, what, what next do I do? What do I do next? How do I do this? And I was like, see, this is what I needed. I need you to get bored. Mm. The issue is that you're afraid to take time out to do this because your anxiety is telling you you have no time. Mm. So you have 60 seconds and you can think the entire time. The whole point is that you return to the thing every day, even if it's just for 60 seconds, so that your body gets less freaked out by taking time, right? Mm. So I said, this time, do the exact same thing. Just try not to think. If you a thought comes into your head, just let it go. You know, don't go down a rabbit hole. It's just 60 seconds and tell your brain, hey, I'll get to that thought in 60 seconds. After that, we'll think about it all we want after that. So then we kept going with it and she went longer and longer and she got up to 20 minutes and she was doing 20 minutes yeah. like every day. Like, yeah, and she was like, I didn't even, what? And she yeah. could manifest better. She had, like, she actually started speaking up in her relationship more. She felt less hindered by um, her work habits. She was such a workaholic and she was like, you know, I deserve better. Those are the things that will happen. And even in like mild ways, you'll just feel less restricted. You'll feel less chained to things that yeah. you feel are would never change, right? So what I came up with, because I'm not going to be with anybody with this, it's a 30-day meditation journey. When you sign up to it, you get an email every day. So that's kind of my way of being like, this is your alert that whenever you want, right after, like this is the alert that the uh, meditation is available and just listen to it or watch it that day or like yeah. within 24 hours, right? And it's mainly visual mm. because the whole point is, yeah, it's mainly visual. I don't talk, I, I do guided for only seven days, only wow. seven days. And I- yeah, that's it. Because after 30 days, the whole point is to get you to like it. And then we can move on to other things. You can find things on YouTube. I'm going to create more things. But the yeah. point is, is for you to stop saying you can't because that's just untrue. I love that. It's just untrue. I I think in one of the emails you sent me, like, I love that you did create this program for people who, like, don't want to meditate. You know, like, yeah. for people who it's hard or resist it. I love that you were like... I see your resistance and I raise mm -hmm. you a program you will exactly. want to do, you know, exactly. which I yeah. really love because I do think that for people who are trying to come to meditation and experience who never have before, I understand why it would be intimidating. Like most of the it programs is, yeah. are assuming you have a practice and they're also assuming you don't have trauma or anything that makes your brain a little bit especial, you know, like they're assuming you're someone who's already sitting in Lotus for hours at a time, you know? And I love that you created something that like really meets people where they are. Cause like, that's yeah. another thing that yeah. psychic work has really shown me is like, you can't get people to join you anywhere. Like you have to meet them where they are. And that's I love 100%. that you've created this. It's like, maybe not how people like think of meditation, but it's like, it isn't. you know, you started this conversation with it. Like it's an experience, you know? And that's what you've created for people to get to experience it, to be like, these are the mechanics. And once you kind of yeah. get that, you can you can do anything. And we're a digital age. You can do those other programs or whatever. You know, like you can do whatever you want. You can just go exactly. on YouTube and put meditation or whatever. But exactly. I really think it's cool that you've created this pathway for people to be able to find their way in and get to experience things. It's very cool. It's not nearly as intimidating. It's not nearly as like, I, once I'm done with this, I must become a guru. Guru. You yeah. know, like it's nothing, it's literally like the first video is, well, the first video is just sort of explaining it. You get it like immediately. But this, the first day, let's say, is a one minute video where you see two little yellow birds 
and you hear chirping and like, it's just a really nice chill scene for 60 seconds. And then you let it go. It's done. Yeah. You're done. That's Bye. It. And then like the first week, I don't think we go above three minutes. I think there's one where, um, I mean, it's been a while since I've made this, but it was, it's all nature. Like there's one where you just watch ocean waves come up and I just choose all this, I chose all this beautiful music to go with it. Because we're a digital age. We we look at our phones constantly, yeah. I'm like, note to self, sign up for this immediately when we hang up from the record. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my God, I would love to hear what you think. Because I don't normally do things like that prior to recording with people because I, I want you to tell me about it, you know, mm. like, and things like that. But it's funny, I've been like, just sort of bored in my own meditation. And so I've been resistant and I'm like, This seems like I've been very aware of, like, I felt very bombarded and overwhelmed. And what you've done sounds like exactly what I need right now. Like, I I don't really need a long guided meditation. Yes, I just need two minutes of birds, you know? Like, exactly. That's what I need. I'm just like, let me just stare at this thing. (laughs) And like, and it just makes it so much easier for you to let your mind go because what the hell is more beautiful than watching a bunch of flowers blooming? Like, what else would I want to think about right now? You're giving me a moment to not think about the things Mm -hmm. that are hurt, like that are bothering me or hurting me, right? So I think the first 16 days are all videos that will keep your attention, right? Because it's also going for neurodivergence. Mm -hmm. Then there are seven days where I teach you basically how to meditate. So I, I, the first two weeks are just for you to like not be scared. Yeah, we're just <laughs> hey, going to vibe. Don't be scared. We're going to get up to 15 minutes. I think it gets to 16 minutes. Then we drop back down to seven minutes, five minutes to do the guided yeah. meditations. And then we get back up to it. So it's like, there's no, you know, I'm not making you sprint a million miles. And then at the end, it's beautiful scenes, but they don't change. Mm-hmm. So that way you can close your eyes or you can let it go. Or if you do want to watch it, it's not something that's changing, that's keeping your attention. Yeah. You know? So it's like, kind of gets you to a place where you're like, okay, I kind of like, I kind of get my balance. And then yeah. you can go off, like you said, do do whatever else you want to do. And you won't feel like, you don't get it. It's yeah. like, it, you, you will get it. You know, I even have, like, one where I guide you, where I tense everything up so you even understand what relaxation yeah. feels like. Because you don't know what it feels like until you tense your whole body up and then let it go and let your thoughts go. And you asked me, like, what was it that got me with meditation? Like, what made me say, you know, oh, I get it now after eight years? I don't know how I feel about Eckhart Tolle as a whole, but <laughs> the power of now, like, I don't, you know, but I read The Power of Now because, yeah. like, you know, they make you, like, you know, yeah. spiritually kind of have to. And there was one thing he said that I was like, right, I'm going to try that. And, and he was, he was like, listen, just when you're meditating, look at the room you're in and try to measure it. How high from the floor to the ceiling, how wide from left to right, and just try to see how much dimensional space Like, look at really how much space is in the room. And I was looking around. Again, it took me like eight years to get this. And I was looking around and I was like, oh, interesting. I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm not thinking. What? And I just wasn't thinking because I was just looking at the space. I was just, it is kind of big in here. And I realized, oh, I'm in my body. I'm in the present moment. The present moment is really just me looking around the room. That's all I'm doing. Everything else is a thought. Technically, anything that you're thinking is not the present moment unless it's the thing that you're actually doing. It's just not. If you're presently working on an email, then yeah, of course you're going to think. That's that's the issue. People think you don't think. That's not what you do. You don't have extraneous thoughts. Yeah. You, if you're washing the dishes, you're taking a break from your thoughts. If you are uh, in work mode, you're completely focused on your work. So your thoughts are way more streamlined. They're way more understandable. They're way more flexible. They're way more creative mm-hmm. instead of having so many other things going on in your mind. So sorry to, to bring all that up, but it, this is why I created it this way mm-hmm. because— 
it's just too intense sometimes. Like you said, you start to cry or you're just, you're like thrown into the deep end and like, okay, you can swim. And it doesn't mean your anxiety isn't going to like force you to drown. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's like, okay, yeah. So technically I can, but I don't know that I ever wish to swim again. You know, like, is that what y'all were going for? I want a doggy paddle all the time. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. So I wanted to offer everybody, if you put the Aquarian 25, that's A-Q-U-A-R-E-A-N 25, you'll get 25% off. It's only $44, but that takes it to $33. So it's just a dollar a day. And that way it's like, yeah, because I just want to make sure that everybody, you know, if you want to do it, I want it to be as affordable as it possibly can be because it's just something everybody should have access to if they've been wanting to go further with meditation. It's just so... It just gives you a lot more relief than the normal yeah. program. And that code, if you didn't catch it, don't worry, will be in the show notes. And awesome. along with all of Vanessa's information, so you know where to find her site, her podcast, discount code, all of the good things will be in show notes. So don't worry. Amazing. So I will now guide you all. through. I just want you all to have like maybe in your mind what to, ex- why I'm going to guide it this way and why it may not seem like a normal Why this meditation. might not be your mom's meditation. <laughs> I wish my mom would meditate. I think I, you know, she meditates a little bit and I've gotten her to a sound bath. I'll, I should give her a little more credit. But um, it is funny because I feel like we're probably the last generation that that's such a funny joke because I'm sure actually there are moms meditating. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? Exactly. My mom would never meditate. She's yeah. one of those people who's like, I can't. And yeah. It's like saying, I can't run. That's yeah. just, no, you you don't want to. You don't want to run. Yeah. That's fine. You don't yeah. have to run, but you just don't want to. Yeah, which... So Anna and I were talking about the fact that some of you may be, or maybe a lot of you may be doing things right now. So I didn't want to, I'm not going to force any of you all to sit down or, you know, focus. If you're driving, please stay driving. Yeah. Yeah. If you're driving, maybe just pause and go to your next one or something. But anybody else, you can stay present. (laughs) Right. Well, so all I want you to do in this moment when you're listening to us while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, maybe you're washing the dishes, maybe you're cleaning your house, maybe you're driving, maybe, you know, it's just on in the background and you're just sort of listening to it. I want you to focus on what you're doing. Just focus on it. Feel it. If you're driving, feel your fingers on the steering wheel. Look at the lines in the road, the sky, the cars around you. If you're washing dishes, really feel the soap, Feel the plates, the knives. If you are cleaning your house, really smell the aromas that are happening or feel the house, the energy around you and how clean it is. And you're going to start to feel extremely present where you are. Any thoughts you have going on right now, I just want you to let them go and just tell your mind, I just don't need to think about this just for 20 seconds. Just keep doing what you're doing and let it all go. And I want you to feel happy doing what you're doing. Feel good about what you're doing. Tell yourself you're doing a good job. Tell yourself that you love yourself and that you're putting love into what you're doing. If you feel anything in your heart that's painful, if you have a thought of guilt or a thought of shame come up, I want you to let that go and tell yourself, I'm doing the best I can right now. 
And every single time you're doing something that you have to focus on, tell yourself, I don't have to think about anything else but what I'm doing right now. It's okay if I let those thoughts go. They'll return and I can deal with them later. Hopefully all of you feel a little bit of peace. I loved that. I think what Vanessa just offered us as well is like a lot closer to what meditation ideally should be, you know? I think sometimes modern meditation almost feels like propaganda. And I think it's better when it it connects us to our humanity, you know, and connects us to most of us are just doing the best we can and doing as much as we can. And we can always return to the things. There's always things to be done. There's always, you know, but I do think it's important, especially because life is a lot of menial tasks, you know, to stop and pause and be like, well done you for doing this for yourself, you know? That I really human. if you want to evolve, you want to grow, if you want to love yourself more, if you want to be more with yourself, like this is the work and it's it's not sexy. It is thanking yourself for doing dishes. It is thanking yourself for driving yourself to pick up your prescription or what, you know, like that is the work, you know, it's not always as sexy as I think we want it to be or is um, clear when it arrives, you know, like this will change your life. Like I think often it is these sort of quiet moments of really just being with yourself. So this is how to be human. Yeah, it's true. I mean, so thank you for that in that beautiful illustration and sharing it with us. So where can people find you? If hopefully they're all freshly obsessed with you and the way that you approach meditation and just, you know. um, Giving you all a hug. Yeah, everyone's (laughs) going to want to book immediately with you and and so on. So where can people find you? Yeah, so well, first you can check out my podcast, uh, The Aquarian. It's not spelled the usual way. It's uh, A-Q-U-A-R-E-A-N. I liked it for the Aquarian era because, you know, I'm not actually an Aquarian. I'm a Libra. So that's, that's very that's funny. How, yeah. Like that's how, you know, you talked about like boundaries, right? And like yeah. we were talking about how privacy, it's like, it gives me that ability to kind of be somebody else or to let everything go. So the Aquarian is my podcast right now. I just did a whole uh, season on tarot. So if you're wanting to learn about tarot or know more about tarot, you can check that out. And now I'm going on to answering questions from the audience. So that first episode drops on Wednesday. Uh, November 1st is Wednesday, maybe? Yeah. November 1st. We're in November. Crazy. <laughs> so November 1st. Yeah, the first episode drops. And I've got some really cool questions that I'm going to answer about astrology. And then you can find me www.theaquarian.com and The Aquarian Podcast on Instagram. And that's mainly where you can find me. Yeah. Amazing. You go there, you'll find me everywhere else, basically. And don't worry, all of that will be in show notes. So you will all be able to find Vanessa and and her work. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for sharing the meditation with us. I super appreciate it. And I don't know, I've enjoyed this. You've given me a lot to think about that I'm like, it's funny, I'm like telling myself to stay present and to stay with you. I'm like, oh, I really want to go mull a lot of these things over. (laughs) Wait a second. What's that? 
I know. Write it down. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Anna, you literally are going to like listen to this numerous more times. Like, there's no oh. worries, you know? Like, I'm like, you would, you know, like, it just makes me laugh that I'm like, you will be editing that, or like, I won't, but I'll be giving notes about it. That I'm like, don't worry, you know, like in terms of just leading your brain back, leading your brain back to what you're doing. So, oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. Thank you. So, that's all for today. I think this was a lot. So, yes. everyone, enjoy. <laughs> Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help. 